Welcome to Ravens at the Crossroads. I'm Mistress Prime. I'm Tyler Matthews. Today, we would like to start off with a special thank you to some wonderful people. These people have chosen to sponsor Ravens at the Crossroads uh, by visiting our website and selecting Donate. Uh, those people include Natalie, Carol, and Simon. Thank you so much, you guys. It really means a lot to us. Uh, it allows us to do more things in the community. They actually helped us uh, get an ad for the Last Pantheon. Yes. And uh, cover some of those expenses that uh, normally would be coming out of our pocket. So we greatly appreciate you guys uh, providing that support for us. And uh, if anybody is curious and wants to support as well, you can do that from our website. There is a donate button right there on the website. So once again, thank you, Carol, Nat, and Simon. Thank you so much for uh, supporting us. This is that means a lot to us. That means so much to us. It means you believe in us. Exactly. So I just got back recently from Japan. Finally. Yeah. That was, it, <laughs> it was, was like a good, forever. It was a good trip. I enjoyed myself. Um, it was right around the new year. So uh, for those of you who are not familiar, uh, the new year is actually more of a family holiday for Japanese families. Uh, and one I'm of the things. my head, yes. Yeah. I'm like, I'm seeing you shake your head, but. Like, use your words. Yeah. Uh, one of the things is uh, the family will get together and actually go to either a community shrine or temple, or some families actually have their own shrines at temples. Oh, neat. I didn't know that. So um, we got to visit the 10,000 Tory gates. Very cool. Very, very cool. So each one of those Tory gates is actually sponsored. So you have different families who have put money in uh, and businesses, and depending on how much money they put in, it uh, kind of dictates how big and thick the Tory gate is. So explain to our listeners what a Tory gate is. A Tory gate, uh, if you've uh, think classic Japan, those red gates that you'll see. It's like a structure, like yeah. a, a, what's the word I'm thinking of? Like when you're walking through a garden gate, the... Yeah. It would be like the door for the garden gate, not necessarily the gate itself. Okay. Uh, or the outline. Uh, and there's some famous ones. Um, yeah. But the 10,000 Tory gates, I mean, it's, it's also very famous. It's very famous. You're literally walking down a path of just Tory gate after Tory gate. And when you're facing and walking up, you don't see any of the uh, dedications on there. But if you walk back, you'll actually see the names of the families or the corporations or whoever have paid to support. And the concept behind the Tory gate is to support the temple or the shrine that those Tory gates are for. And so they're just really a, like a sponsorship? Very much so, yeah. It's very much a <laughs> sponsorship or support for that temple or shrine. Um, is there a spiritual significance behind them? It's a physical manifestation of that family or that company or whoever okay. uh, supporting that temple. Okay. So there is a spiritual element to it. Um, some of the families, though, at the 10th, some families have actual shrines for their family there and uh, some of those look like they've been there for hundreds if not thousands of years like legitimately 
some of these uh, shrines are just covered in moss and you don't remove the moss from your uh, shrine. You, you let it grow. Um, but I was fortunate enough to see a couple families perform their rituals at the shrine or offerings at the shrine. The specific temple that I went to was a temple and shrine to uh, the sun god. And the fox represents the messenger for that god. So you saw a lot of foxes all over. Kitsune. Kitsune, yes. Um, so the Torii Gate does actually have a spiritual representation. Okay. It, which is why I was like, I'm pretty here's sure. an opening for you. Yeah, I just... Um, but it, what it is, is it's a symbolic, it symbolically marks the transition from the mundane to the sacred. Okay. I was not aware. That was not explained to me. I just knew that there was a symbol of support from the people. Uh, and so that was a big one. We uh, visited through the deer forest, deer park. The deer park. There used to be a deer park that was based off of the one in Japan, mm-hmm. uh, down the street from Knott's Berry Farm. Okay. Okay. That's Im- Which is weird because there was also an alligator farm <laughs> across the street from Knott's Berry Farm. I wonder what ever happened to all those deer. Yeah, I was just going to say. <laughs> No, I think they were actually distributed to other parks. Yeah. Um, but like the deer the there are so used to people. They just walk right up to just you. Just walk right up to you. If you're not careful, you'll lose whatever food A you might wallet? be snacking on. <laughs> yeah. So the, they're like seagulls here. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, they do keep the horns trimmed down for people's safety. Okay. Um, but some of the deer, if you bow to them. They'll actually bow back. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Uh, so that was that was an interesting little trip. Uh, and then I got to visit a shrine. And, and you being a cat lover, you'll appreciate this. What? Um, the shrine is dedicated to a cat. No. Yeah. And so there's just tons of Neko statues all over that's cool. the shrine. And... It's meant for good fortune, which, of course, that the Neko that has its paw up is... Uh, it's a welcome. It's a welcome, but there's also uh, means good fortune. Ah, I there's think, one with... right by my hands that I didn't even notice. <laughs> like, suddenly something's touching me while you're talking. I'm right. like, what? So, the shrine in question, uh, or the shrine that I visited, uh, the reason why it's got a dedication to cats is because a traveler had decided to rest under a tree at a temple. And while he was resting there, he was woken up by a cat, talking cat. You know, because that always happens in Japan. It, so Japan is very has a very big tie to yokai still. Like they still believe in spirits. and It's very animistic. Yes, There's yes. still a strong animistic um, uh, presence. Very much so. And... Just the culture there is amazing. Um, in the sense that, like, people work for better the betterment of the community. Yeah. Instead of, you know, me, 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 me. Uh, but back... Well, there's a reason behind that with the culture. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I remember reading somewhere a long time ago about how 
It's a small space. You it have is. to share space with a lot of people in a tiny area. And the best way to just get along is to be mindful about it. Yes. Um, they have a saying, kind of like how we have the saying, the squeaky wheel gets the oil. Mm-hmm. They have the uh, nail that stands out gets hammered. Yeah. So, uh, but back to the shrine, the man uh, was so surprised by the cat and the cat told him, you're not safe. You need to get inside the temple. So he goes inside the temple following the advice of the cat Mm -hmm. and the tree that he had slept under had gotten struck by lightning and where he would have been laying would have been, he would have, he would have died. He would have died. So he donated a ton of money to the temple and created that shrine for that cat. Did you send me this info while you were there? I did. Okay. I'm like, this is sounding familiar. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I explained it to you while I was there because I just, I thought it was so cool. It was such a interesting backstory behind it. Um, and I, I got a bunch of different uh, items from the shrines. I went to, I probably went to over 40 different shrines and temples. That's really cool. I across like 13 or 14 different prefectures it it was it was a whirlwind trip i had an amazing time there's so much that i love about japan uh the convenience stores convenience uh 7-elevens there uh, every corner you can get food from those places and it's Mm -hmm. like under five bucks and it's a good quality meal unlike here yeah i wouldn't totally different thing yeah i would not eat something um that was besides like a hot dog and even then i'm kind of questionable about that at 7-elevens but like i got some of the some amazing chicken curry there yeah there's a lot that i i find very fascinating about their um their way of life their culture in japan how different it is from here in america the public transit system there better than california i'm sure so much better so much better um but when you're traveling during rush hour you get crammed into a car like a sardine can. Like, I'm a big guy. Yeah. And, uh... <clears throat> You're very tall. It it was made even more apparent when we were so crammed into... I could not move. Like, I... I don't think I would have handled that very well. You had people on the outside actually shoving people in so the doors could close. I've seen video of that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, um, that's okay. I'll walk. Yeah, so it was definitely an experience. Um, getting experience what they call the scrambles. Uh, so you see, you've seen videos or like animes where uh, people just walk across every which direction oh, in an oh. intersection. <laughs> Sorry, I was. They like, call those how a scramble. Switch to food. <laughs> yeah, so they call those scrambles. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, it's an interesting experience just to There's just stand a, back and watch. Uh, I w- remember I was talking to your husband when they were expecting a, a cyclone, or typhoon, something. a typhoon. Um, I'm like, which region is it? Yeah, it's typhoon. And there, I found a <clears throat> a link to a video for a, uh, a scramble not far from where he's at or was, was at. Probably the Shibuya. I think that's what it was. Yeah, and it's just on 24 hours. And you can mm-hmm. just look at it from wherever you are in the world. He sent me that same link. And he's like, watch it this time and I'll wave at you. I'm like, Aww. but I couldn't see him. He's Aww. so short. <laughs> <laughs> he just blended in with the crowd. 
he's like waving. It's like, hey, you can't see him. Yeah. Too short. But no, it was an amazing experience. Amazing time. Got to see so much, experience so much. Um, opening yourself up and feeling the energy flow at the temples and at the shrines. There are shrines literally everywhere. Yeah. Uh, just on the side of the road, there's a shrine. So cool. That's, that's a thing that I would really love to see and experience. I wish there was more of that here. Oh, I wish there was. We we lose a lot of our history here, unfortunately, uh, and the sake of progress. Yeah. For a lot of reasons. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but in Japan and in some of the other countries I've visited, uh, they kind of make it a, pro- a priority to maintain that history. You can progress without destroying the history. Sure. And that's one thing I feel like we kind of lack here in the States mm-hmm. is... Well, there's a lot of reasons for that. There's yeah. also a competing religion that tries to crush it and obliterate it wherever. Very true. Very true. A kind of a dominant thing, but... Yeah. No, it was, there was so much I learned in... I love that there's a spirit for mm-hmm. every tree, animal, object, you know, like... Mm-hmm. I love that. It's it's a. I love that they recognize that. Yeah, it's it's amazing, and one of the things you you've been with me like last year at Pantheica, and I started having uh, feeling a little bit overloaded from all the just residual energy from everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, how'd you do while you were out there? It's a lot of people. A ton of people, but because of the way that they're brought up and raised, mm-hmm. they keep their stuff in check. Oh. Okay. So I didn't have nearly the issue with the number of people there. Mm-hmm. Like the ones that set me off and like pinged my radar were usually foreigners. Oh, okay. It wasn't necessarily Americans, but there were some Australians and some <laughs> people from the UK that like I knew they were there because all of a sudden... The energy shift. The huge, like, completely, you get this kind of uniform, mellow, maintained energy. And Uh then you just get this loud, boisterous, like, explosive energy from some of these people. And even when uh, Japanese people are drunk, because there were were a few nights that we were out late drinking. What? Drinking in Japan? Uh, um, Unheard of. A huge part of their culture. Um, It's totally acceptable to go through and like have a beer while you're walking down the street really yeah um huh. you could go to a public park and the thing is is you would never know it looking at the park because everybody's so respectful of the community they would clean up and after they clean themselves. them after themselves and even if you weren't able to if somebody were to help you mm. they would then clean up after you Aww. so it's it's such a great sense of community from a lot of those people. Um, it was just an amazing experience. And they were super supportive of me trying trying to speak Japanese when I did. Um, so that because was... Because you were making an effort. I was I was making a legitimate effort. And that was... I've, I've heard from a lot... I've got a lot of friends that travel mm-hmm. um, abroad regularly. And more often than not, I've heard that wherever it is that you go... If you just make the genuine effort mm-hmm. to try to speak their language, they're usually very um, accommodating. Yeah, very much so. Yeah. So no, that was that was great. I uh, okay. I didn't get any 
blowback for being an American or anything like that. So that was, I actually had people who came up and wanted to work on their English with me, actually. Oh, cool. So like some of the people that we talked to, they're like, hey, uh, can I speak English with you? I'm like, yeah, sure. Awesome. And so I was able to have conversations with them and help them with their pronunciation with some of their English. That's good. Yeah. But enough about my trip. Lucky. Uh, So lucky. I would love to do more traveling. That's like... You know the last time I was there? Take a guess. mm, 15 years? You're cute. When? 1976. Okay. Yeah. I think a few things have changed since then. Oh, I'm sure. (laughs) Um, Even while I was there, they were prepping for the olympics oh that's right so they had a lot of construction that was that's another thing that i find interesting in japan Hmm. is you know how we add things on to try and make things more accessible for differently abled people okay that is a core part of everything they do it's already uh, it's already ingrained in, in everything. Okay. So, like when you're walking down the street, there's actually railway for somebody who's using a walking stick hmm. to use that walking stick to know where they're at, know when they hit an intersection, and know which directions they can go. Oh, that's cool. Braille is everywhere. Oh wow! And every train station we went to, even the one out in BFE had a handicap access for like a ramp or an elevator or something. So it's pretty much just standard. It's standard practice. That's great. And it seems to have been standard practice for a very long time. So I I applaud them for thinking about including their entire population, not just those who are Mm able-bodied. So that, that was something that stood out to me. I was like, holy cow. Because everywhere we went had that railway for somebody who's using a walking stick. Oh, that's great. Even out in the middle of nowhere, you had that. So it was really cool. But we're getting ready to do our own little trip here soon. Yay! Uh, it's a kind of a bittersweet uh, trip, yeah. though. Yeah, no, I mean, kind of. I'm anxious, excited, and sad all at the same time. Yeah. Um, but this is the final year for PantheaCon. Yes. Uh, I've been going for 15 years, I guess. I'm trying to calculate. Yeah, I think about 15 years. Okay. Um, yeah, last year was my first year, as you know. And it it's an annual, it's like an annual family reunion for me. Mm-hmm. Um, in the sense that I get to visit with friends that I pretty much only get to see at PantheaCon because they live out of state and it's not easy for us to get together any other time. And um, sometimes I'll see them at another another event that was like my other family reunion, but um, not as often. So I'm looking forward to being able to connect with some of our friends and favorite people that uh will be in attendance i know that uh there's 
a collection of people who said they aren't able to make it because mm-hmm. of finances or just the timing just didn't work out. Yeah. Um, and I'm kind of bummed that some of our some of our local friends aren't going to be able to make it this time. Yeah. But I'm looking forward to. Well, definitely looking forward to seeing uh, Amber and Azriel. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, and I don't really know what the schedule looks like. I actually haven't seen it yet, and it I only came out today. I saw it posted today. today, I think. Yeah. Uh, today or yesterday, one of the two. But it was very recent that they finalized it. I saw some highlights. Um, Tommy is actually speaking Yay, in the... Tommy Starchild. Yep, he's uh, speaking in the Anderson Ferry. Oh, yes, yes. Uh, so he and Sims are going to be giving a presentation on getting it straight i think oh i think i saw something about it. yeah yeah i think he did post that in the unofficial panthea, panthea con group yeah. that i'm an admin for yep so uh we'll probably catch that while we're there and kind of catch up with him wouldn't be a bad idea to just speak with him for a little uh, bit yeah no we, we definitely have to say hello yeah um uh, and for those of you who don't know who tommy starchild is uh, he is an author and uh, fellow for Mistress Prime. Oh, he's uh, a fellow, uh, fellow fairy seer with um, House of Bree. Yes, which is Orion Foxwoods. Uh, Just go through our list of episodes. You'll find Tommy. He's our first episode. Yeah, Tommy's our first one and Orion's uh, a few only, months back. Only a couple episodes back. Yeah. So definitely, if you're interested... Uh, you'll also get to see how we've evolved as far as uh, audio quality. <laughs> it was it was a learning experience. Yes. But I Tommy's interview was fantastic. I really enjoyed it. It was yeah, it was great. The content was amazing. Uh, we learned uh, some extra stuff about the wireless mics that we were using. Yeah. Then well, we've learned since then. Yep. Um. So I'm looking forward to it. I'm not quite sure how how we're going to do it but we're going to try and record maybe well i know we have a couple interviews lined up but uh we might actually do some on the scene uh interviews with uh attendees possibly and we'll do our best we'll we'll, we'll see uh there's a lot of there's it's a lot of equipment mm-hmm. um so we're not super mobile we're not not mobile we're just not as mobile yeah and um but mostly I just want to go and experience it. I'm I'm one of a total of four people who are going to be uh, kind of coordinating, hosting the Pagans of Color Caucus. I noticed that that was back on the... Yeah, and that'll be uh, Friday night. Okay. Um, so I'm just excited to see everybody. I've always enjoyed the experience of being at the caucus. So... Um, I'm looking forward to it. We wanted to be able to have it available for anybody who was still planning to attend hmm. uh, for the last one because the the people that have organized it in the past are not going to be present. So um, Crystal Blanton, myself, mm-hmm. um, and two people that I haven't yet met okay. but are connected to Crystal, um, Tanuki Wise, and shoot, Nika. I think that was the name, Nika. Um, I don't have it. I don't have her name right in front of me. Um, and so they are also assisting and awesome helping to coordinate and 
you know, just pull it together with us and okay. make the space safe and um, an open space for sharing and connecting and networking. Awesome. Um, so I, I know there was talk last year about it. And I'm looking forward to if there will be, I, I've heard rumors, but I haven't heard anything set yet. But because PantheaCon, this is the last one, there's a lot of different groups that are going to be popping up. And I had heard mm -hmm. somewhere that somebody was coordinating to put a Pagans of Color conference on. I've heard something to that effect. I've heard a few different ones. Um, I'm not going to really speak to any of them until yeah. I actually see That's totally fine. them I, actually produce yeah. something because I don't uh, have like, uh, I don't have said information. I yeah. know of, I only know of one group that is, that is stepping up and having an, if, uh, a talk, uh, a open conference, like a town hall meeting kind mm. of thing at Pantheacon. Okay. And they're the ones that are apparently going to try and, uh, take over where Pantheacon leaves off. Yeah, I know there has been discussion from a few different folks about maybe having some of the uh, book publishers potentially help. Oh, maybe I don't pick know. up and run with Pantheacon. Yeah, we'll see. And they would have a little bit of background in the sense of handling larger events. So possibly we don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I haven't heard that. Um, so for those that, I don't, I don't know if we've talked about Pantheacon. I, I swear, I think we have. We've talked about a couple times, I think, but maybe in passing. So it's one of my, it's one of my favorite events because it's not camping. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, only because for me, camping is just, um, not always possible. So, but what it is, is the, I think the, Largest, largest, the world's yeah. largest indoor pagan conference. Mm -hmm. And this is the 21st year. I thought I saw 21st. I think so. It's old enough to drink now. It's, oh, that's right. Yes. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> what it is, is it starts usually on uh, the Friday of what's President's Day weekend. So like, I think what, the second weekend of February? Typically, I think it's falling on Valentine's Day this year. <clears throat> It's it's been falling on Valentine's Day weekend for the last couple times, yeah. Um, and or however often I'm not even sure. So it'll be uh, so this Friday and this coming Friday until Monday. Okay. And then it goes it it typically goes from around one p.m. on Friday until. 3 or 5 p.m. on Monday. I can't remember. I think it's last year it ended at 3. Okay. Um, I don't think we stayed around for that no, entire we, time. We packed up and left. We had a long drive ahead. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. So, but what it is is also like 10 tracts at simultaneously going of, um, you know, Wicca, witchcraft, voodoo, uh, heathenry, um, indigenous practices, lectures, uh, rituals, dances, um, musical performance, um, uh, just all kinds of things. Authors, all your favorite authors, uh, have at least been there once usually, um, if not multiple times, uh, they, uh, anybody you've ever heard of in the pagan community is usually 
been there at least once and done a presentation of some kind. Uh, it's been an incredible experience. Speaking of which, didn't Carol give a presentation uh, making uh, Bigrid's Cross? Bigrid's Cross? Bridget's Cross? Bridget's Cross. Uh, okay, so Carol was part of a wheat weaving group. Yeah. Uh, that my, um, my friend William and uh, Nat are, were also part of. Mm-hmm. And they would do these really awesome wheat weaving projects that they'd bring all the wheat and they started out with what they thought was just going to be like a little class that they didn't think they were going to get a lot of attendance at. And every year they would be standing room only. Mm. And uh, they ended up doing two a weekend sometimes because it was just such high demand. Mm. People love learning the projects. Uh, She does Um, amazing work. Yeah. They, um, well, to be fair, Carol is just amazing, one of the in most general. amazing, talented human beings I've ever known. Um, on so many different things, she's—I don't know—she always impresses me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, they would do these these wheat weaving projects, and people just loved it. And then their vendor for the wheat disappeared, went out of business. I don't really. Yeah, I know. think he went out of business. Uh, her and William bought up the last of the yeah. stock. And and that and then that was it. Yep. And it was disappointing because everybody that was attending, if they were able, I was never able to get in the class. And I know these people, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was it was always so crowded. And I figured, you know what, I could always learn from them at home. I was gonna say she's she's offered to teach me and a few other people in our class. I think, uh, yeah, I think she she te- if she ever offers to teach you anything, always take her up on it. Absolutely, she she knows her stuff. Yes. But yeah, yes, so, um, and then Nat had actually taught, um, uh, something that was related to tarot. I can't remember what it was. It was a, it was a project, mm-hmm. um, but she had also taught, a, a class on that. She's... It wasn't teaching tarot. It was something about, um, um, oh shoot. I can't remember what it was. It was like making a book. Mm. I think it would like hold your reading in place or something. I don't, I feel bad cause I don't remember, but it was really cool. Yeah. Um, and I love that all of my friends were teaching all of these different classes, these crafting classes. You've got a spaz caddy or kitty drive by going on behind you. Yeah, it's cat. See, unlike Japan, my cats are not so nice. Yeah. They're they're <laughs> being spazzy. They're just goofballs. Yeah. They're like me. They're goofballs. But no, it, it's it's amazing to know these people and to know that they've I did not know that Nat had did a presentation, but yeah. I know she's very big into divination and tarot specifically, yes. so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we have some very talented friends. We, we do. Really do. We do. Um, so, uh, anyway, this is the final one. And it's, uh, it's going to be sad. Yeah. It's also the one year anniversary of the idea of Ravens at the Crossroad. Yes, it is. So, it's. Even though it's not our like official one year, because that's in July, but yeah, but this was yeah, this was the time that we came up with the idea. I, I know this because I got the renewal notice for the <laughs> domain. <laughs> well, I know this because I remember us sitting there, yeah, in Ardentain's booth, having that conversation that just went, "Hey, I have an idea." Well, how about this to that idea? Well, oh, that sounds cool. What about this? And it just blossomed. Yep. 
and we moved forward with it. And we it. totally ran with it. Yep. So, no, it it it's kind of adds to the bittersweet uh, moment because it's like this was the event that that was born. Right. But well, you know, and and Glenn, who Glenn um, is the uh, the founder of Pantheacon. Um, even she said, everything has its cycle. I mean, mm-hmm. in life, everything has a cycle. And she said, you know, this is just Pantheacon cycle. Yep. And it was just time. And I know a lot of people are going to be really bummed because a, a lot of people in the community got something from this. Yes. And I know other people are going to be like, well, that's okay. Mm-hmm. And that's fine too. Um, so I'm looking forward to seeing what grows from this yeah. because a, a lot of different groups are saying, Hey, I want to start this. And so it might not be one giant event like Pantheacon. It might be seven more smaller events that yeah. grow from it. But so long as it just keeps blossoming. Exactly. And that kind of leads us into the next point I was going to ask about is like, how would people be able to find these other members in the community? That's a question I actually get um, questioned a lot. Uh, people reach out to me on the regular. They're they're in an area where they don't necessarily have a large pagan community that they're aware of. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like Southern California. Like you can find a pagan in Southern California really easily, right? Because there's a lot of supply stores to go to. There's a lot of different events that you know are public, rituals, classes, um, all different kinds of things. But we've had a number of people that show up to the meetup and they're like, I knew nothing about any of this. I know. Well, do you mean like they didn't? Are you saying the ones that didn't know anything about the community? The community specifically, right? And. Um, you know, there wasn't much of a community in, in Orange County specifically. Mm-hmm. It it existed very disjointedly. Like there were little pockets of people that knew each other and would gather at each other's houses. Or they would go to some of the local stores, but it was still not very obvious. Right. Not like now. Like Dragon in the Rose, which is... Uh, what city are they based in? Orange or Santa Ana? Santa Ana, I believe. I think they're in Santa Ana. So when they came on the scene, they, Karen is the owner. Mm-hmm. She did what I think is one of the coolest things. She was very much thinking about how she can connect with the community at large. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't just about drawing people to, you know, buy her wares. It was really about making her store the hub of the community for people to make connections. And and I thought that was fantastic. Mm-hmm. It's an amazing place to be and make connections. Absolutely. Um, Karen and Adelaida, I think, are stellar examples of our community. Mm-hmm for contributing to our community and participating. Absolutely. Um, I know Karen, um, for our class, uh, our teacher has gone off and let her know what books we need. And so Karen stocks our books. Oh, absolutely. A lot of, a lot of the stores will, will do that if you talk mm-hmm. to them. Uh, if you already have a really good connection and I know your teacher has a good connection with, yep. with Karen. Um, and, 
But the great thing about being in SoCal is we have a ton of stores. We do. Um, and if for some reason one store doesn't have what you're looking for, very likely a drive down the road, mm-hmm. that store might have what you're looking for. Um, but outside of Southern California, your options are not as, uh, pl- you know, there isn't as many options. Yeah, there's just not as many. And they may not be as obvious. They may be listed under other things. Sure. Um, and I used to suggest, and this is where it's a little heartbreaking, I used to suggest go on to The Witch's Voice. Mm. Go on to the website in The Witch's Voice because they had an area where you could network and you could find, based off of region, you'd look up your state, then you'd look up your city, and you could find if there were groups, classes, stores, rituals, uh, workshops, events, and individuals who were in your area that you could network with in person. Mm-hmm. And, um, but they were, they were a worldwide website. And unfortunately, as of December 31st, this last year, 2019, they closed their website. Yep. They're still available as a informational, uh, Facebook page. Right. But it's not, not to the level that the original, uh, witch's voice or witch Vox, um, used to be. So... Um, now, so now it kind of narrows down your options. And so I would say start off by looking on meetup.com. Meetup's a good one. And, uh, that's how I built the community in Orange County. Mm -hmm. Helped to build that out was, uh, doing meetups. But also I would suggest that in some areas, an in-person group may not be possible. And so, therefore, you might need to start by networking online. Yeah, I'm a part of a couple of groups on Facebook that are. So there's there's lots and lots yeah. of groups on Facebook, um, and then you could all and you might even be able to find them by region because I know right. that there's at least two specifically for California. Yeah, and then I've seen I know of others that are smaller that are for Los Angeles, L.A., Orange County, Southern California. Uh, so you might want to start looking in there and look by region, but then, um, there are other, <clears throat> there are other websites. Um, one of the things I want to jump right back to Facebook is if you find a group and you don't fit in, don't be disheartened because there's so many different groups out there. And some of those Facebook groups, um, especially the smaller ones can be a little clicky. Yeah. Yeah. You know what though? Here's the thing. In person, online, you're going to find clicky groups. Mm-hmm. I, that's just the way it is. And either you'll fit in or you don't. But like Tyler just said, don't be disheartened. If this is the path you want to be on, you'll find your people. Exactly. Um, just keep trying and put yourself out there to be able and open to, you know, meeting people. And the other thing is, like, um, I know people are like, well, what about finding a teacher or a coven? You don't have to join a coven to practice witchcraft. It's not a necessity. It's cool if you find a group that you really click with. And they kind of provide that family and community sense to you. And if you're really interested in having somebody teach you, there are so many sites online. Yeah, there's actually, I have a list on my mistressprime.com page where I listed out a bunch of schools. Mm Mm-hmm. 
that are available online. You've got uh, Temple of Witchcraft, uh, yep. Cherry Hill Seminary. Yep. Um, there's there's a bunch Witch of... Witch School. Witch School. Yeah, there's a bunch. And I know that I'm missing some, and I should probably actually go... Because I wrote the list a couple of years ago. And I should probably just go back through and maybe update it and revise yeah. it. I don't have reviews on the schools because, frankly, that's not the purpose of the list. Yeah. The list was just strictly informational about what's available and I don't really feel like reviewing because that's not really what no, I wanted to I, do. I went through and uh, one of the things my teacher's working on is uh, putting some of her lessons out available for others to kind of see and grow and base off of. She had us look at some of the different websites and she highlighted a couple that were based on UU. So like CUPS. Yeah. Um, Cups has some classes and things like that. Oh yeah, that's another opportunity yep. right there. Look for your local UU, because they often have a Cups chapter. Yep. And uh, Cups stands for. I don't know off the top of my head. I don't remember either. I just know that the Cups chapter is the pagans. Yes. Yes. Uh, so Cups is usually with your UU groups. Um, UU being Unitarian Universalist. Yes. But there's actually a school based. Uh, with cups, and I don't remember the yeah. name off the top of my head, um, but look for those types of things. Places where you wouldn't necessarily expect to see them. Um, sure. So you may not be as alone as you may think. Oh, definitely not. There's way more of us than people realize. Yeah. In so many different walks of life, industries, mm -hmm. countries, we're everywhere. We are. We are. <laughs> And it's kind of funny, you, you know, you're trying to stamp us out. We're almost, I hate to use this analogy, but we're kind of like Hydra. You cut off one head, two more Don't pop off. go there. <laughs> Weirdo. <laughs> I am a nerd. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, somebody did hail Hydra at our wedding. I believe that. <laughs> <laughs> it was during the bloat session of our wedding. Okay. I'm like, really, dude? But with that, I think... Yeah, so there's lots of opportunities for networking and connecting. And if you're still stymied, you can always email us. Yes. And I can point you in the right direction. Um, usually I can find something in your area. In the United States, it's a lot easier. In Canada, I still have some uh, resources there. But when you get outside to uh, other continents it's a little harder but yeah. i do have connections in south america and in uh, all over europe um yeah, what i usually like to say is if i don't know i probably know somebody that does right. and i can connect you yeah absolutely and that's that's kind of I learned a long time ago, I can't know everything, but I can know enough people to fill in my gaps. Yeah, what I don't know, I can always Google. Yeah, or you've got somebody that can fill in for you, so. <laughs> yeah. But with that, I think, uh, so I want to thank, once again, our sponsors. Absolutely. Because that, you have no idea how much of a boost of confidence to see Somebody go off and say, I like your stuff enough that I want to see you do more and I'm going to put my money where they invest my in heart us. is. Yeah. yeah, I really like that too. It it really, um, it really, it just makes us feel like, okay, we're on the right track. Exactly. 
So thank you so much to uh, Simon and Nat and Carol. Yes. And uh, we hope to speak with you or have another interview here soon for you. And uh, thank you for listening. Blessed be. Blessed be. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider donating on our website at ravensatthecrossroads.com. You can also catch future episodes directly from the website or find us on iTunes Music, Google Play Music, or Spotify. Follow us on social media, Ravens at the Crossroads on Facebook and Instagram, and at Ravens Crossroad on Twitter. (laughs) 